Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If Lin-Manuel Miranda asked me to freestyle rap, I, I, I would freestyle crap. Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake has a podcast. I can't believe Jake has a podcast. Oh my god, Jake has a podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, You Guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, this week I got to see two plays on Broadway. The first is a really exciting new play called The Coast Starlight. It's playing at the Newhouse Theater in Lincoln Center, and it's directed by Tyne Raffelli, and it's written by Keith Bunin. And it's a really exciting story. It's a, it's 90 minutes straight through. It's um, sort of the convergence of six characters who have never met before, um, and they all meet on this train called The Coast Starlight, which runs from California up to Oregon. And um, it's a really interesting piece. I um, saw it on a whim with my dear friend Jonah, and um, I was really pleasantly surprised. It was a lovely evening of theater, and um, it has moments of beautiful comedy and levity and um, moments of really, you know, sincere um, heartbreak. Um, And it's beautiful, so I, I highly recommend And the next play that I got to see was Life of Pi on Broadway. I talked a little bit about it in my last episode of how excited I was to see it. Um, So I got a ticket. I rushed the show, so it was only $40. And then I ended up in the first row, which I was a little bummed about because so much of the show... um, is based on like these beautiful projections that are on the stage and the first row is pretty much like below the lip of the stage so I definitely would not have been able to see anything so I met these two lovely people who are also sitting in the front row because they rushed with me well they rushed yeah on the same day and they were like why don't we just ask if we can go stand in the back in like the standing room section so that we can see everything so we did and they were like sure why not stand in the back if you want it's it's not a like super long show. Um, and so we were like, okay, this is great. And then randomly this wonderful angel lady who I believe is their company manager was like, Hey, how many of you are there? And we kind of looked at each other and we were like, um, yeah, yeah, we're together. Um, there's four of us. And she ushered us over to these gorgeous seats, like two minutes before curtain. And she was like, okay, like, here you go. Enjoy. And we were 
I'm like floored. It was so, it was, it was wild, but shout out to you guys. Um, if you're listening, I, I, I don't know if you guys listen to the pod, but Hey, that was a fun time. And also shout out to that amazing company manager for hooking us up with those seats. It was unbelievable. And the show, you guys, it, it blew my mind. It was absolutely stunning. The staging and direction, the lighting design, the puppetry is out of this world. You completely forget that there are like three people operating like one animal. It's so insane. And the performances were unbelievable. It's just so stunning. And I, I cannot wait um, to, you know, see all of the, the accolades that they get because it, it deserves so much. It did so well. It won the Olivier Award um, on the West End. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we will see it take a lot of, of Tony Awards and, and Outer Critics Circle Awards. And y'all, with that, we got to dive into this week's Broadway World Recap. You guys, the long-awaited moment has come. Bad Cinderella officially opened on Broadway. And let's just say the reviews, um, they are in line with the title of the show. <laughs> I hate to, to shit on a show or, you know talk badly about new musicals or whatever but i feel like since andrew lloyd weber has had like a 43 year run of having shows that he's written on broadway i think he can afford to have <laughs> to have a downer the unfortunate part is that there are so many broadway debuts happening in this show and i hate to see that you know like 15 Broadway debuts are being met with these really awful reviews, but I don't even know how to defend the show because it just looks so, so bad and sounds, <laughs> sounds equally bad. Um, I, I shouldn't, you know, really give an opinion until I have actually seen it. Um, and I do want to see it, but I, uh, more power to them, I guess. I hope that they don't just like immediately close just for the performer's sake and, and the musicians and all the crew and everybody because, you know, you gotta have a job. But um, yeah, that it, it's rough. Next on the docket, we must talk about the announcement for some new Funny Girl casting. It was just announced that Anne L. Nathan and Paolo Montalban are gonna join the company of Funny Girl on Broadway. And you guys... If you were a little fairy princess homo like I was when I was little, you will know that Paolo Montalban played the prince in the Brandy version of Cinderella with Whitney Houston. And y'all, <laughs> he is still just as dreamy and delicious as ever. I cannot wait to run to the August Wilson and see him in this show. He's playing Ziegfeld, which is a little interesting because he really does not read, like, old at all. <laughs> not that that track, like, necessarily has to, but um, it's definitely going to be a different look for, for that role. But it, he's just going to be amazing, and he is dreamy. The prince is giving a ball. Oh, my lord, y'all. Next, we have to talk about Smash the Musical which will be arriving on Broadway next season, the 2024 and 2025 season. You guys, uh, once again, if you were a little fairy princess homo like me, you were a fan of Smash on 
TV. And now we are getting an actual staged version, not of the show within the show that we loved to watch the numbers from on TV. We're getting like the actual like Deborah Messing storyline mama. And I am already dying to know who is even in the running to play the two leading ladies who were originally played by Catherine McPhee and Megan Hilty. Uh, you got, can I? I volunteer. Please put me in the wig. Put, put me in that blonde wig and let me sing, let me be your star, please. I am so excited to see this musical. Okay, next, you guys, we have to talk about the casting announcement for Back to the Future, the musical on Broadway. A friend of mine, Miss Emma Pittman, is going to be in the ensemble, and there are so many incredible performers going into that ensemble. Um, it looks really, really fun. The, even just, like, their casting announcement was, like, a like glitchy Back to the Future style um like picture announcement where they shared the cast's baby pictures. It looks so fun. So, I mean, if that's like the vibe and tone of this show, I can't wait to see it. But um, it was announced that Liana Hunt, uh, Jelani Remy, who I adore, and Nathaniel Hackman um, just joined the cast. And it was previously announced that Roger Bart and Casey Likes are going to co-star in the show as um, Doc Brown and Marty McFly, respectively. And um, I think it's going to be great. I I have high hopes for this one. I, at first, when I heard that they were making it a musical, I was kind of like, why? Or like, you know, how are they going to pull this off on stage? But all of the promotional stuff that they've released looks so great. The DeLorean looks incredible. And like fans are already getting really excited about it. So I am excited to see how this show goes down. Well, not down. I mean, <laughs> how the show goes up. Yeah. And lastly, you guys, we have rather a hilarious and random piece of Broadway news. Um, it was announced that the director of Some Like It Hot, Casey Nicola, who has directed and choreographed basically everything, um, <laughs> he stepped into the show as a last minute understudy um, for last night's performance of Some Like It Hot. And <laughs> now I'm like dying to hear more of the details. Like how on earth did they end up without enough coverage or something to literally put the director into the show? <laughs> um, but I mean, if somebody's gonna know it, I guess it, it should be him. Um, but yeah, I just thought that that little tidbit was hilarious and um, maybe, <laughs> maybe next week I'll have more details on how it went down and um, I'll get to share it with you. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys, I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She is a world-class freestyle rap artiste and Broadway performer. Please welcome Miss Anissa Folds. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank you for being here. How are you? Of course, I'm good, I'm good. You Where know. are you calling from? From Brooklyn, New York. Oh, gorge. Yes. Have you been there for a while? Yes. Yeah, I moved right during the pandemic, but I'm originally from Queens. Oh, like born and raised? Yep. Yeah, born and raised in Queens. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm talking to a real New Yorker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better work. <laughs> Wow. So tell me about what it was like to, to grow up in such a crazy place. I mean, it's obviously so different than, say, like growing up or being born and raised in like the Midwest or the suburbs. Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Queens. Um, I, 
Um, pretty much a disappointment to most people that live there because I don't know much about it. I spent a lot of time <laughs> going into the city to do um, like theater in my my younger years. Mm. Um, but yeah, Queens is great. You don't have to move your car a lot like when you're in Brooklyn or Manhattan. <laughs> you don't have to do that alternate alternate side parking dumbness. But um, yeah. It's like living in a suburb, but you're still in the city and it's just a commute. So, you know, as a Queens girl, I don't mind a commute. I know some people are afraid of being on the train for a long time. But, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's me time. It's me time for me, you know. Oh, my God, I know. And that's like the difference in like living in New York and having a car in the suburbs is like, that's my time to sing, Mama. I'm alone. <laughs> and honestly, at this point, I'll be singing on the subway. I don't even... I don't even care. I'm sure they they don't realize they're getting a free show. Come on. (laughs) Wow. So then tell me, what was it like to go from Queens to West Hartford, Connecticut? When you, you know, obviously made your way to the Hart School for for your BFA. Yeah. um, I was in a space right before we were supposed to start auditioning for colleges um, where I was not sure what it it was exactly that I wanted to do Mm. and for me I didn't really see myself in theater you know there wasn't there was representation but I had not seen a lot so it felt like a very white white space to me and I was not sure that I wanted to go down that path but then you know I saw in the heights and because it felt so um modern and relevant and they were rapping and stuff in the musical. Mm-hmm. It got me excited. And I knew I wanted to sing, but I didn't want to just do um, opera. And I didn't want to just do jazz. So I was like, well, I like theater. Um, and that show kind of catapulted me into doing that. because I Mostly because I was like, oh, I'll get to sing every genre. So that was what was appealing to me about it. Um, and then I just auditioned for schools. I was so lost in the game of what it was supposed to look like. I was in a, a professional children's choir where most people were auditioning for for just voice. So I kind of had to figure out a lot by myself, but luckily I had, you know, a support system. Um, but I just didn't know as much as I feel like the other kids knew. Uh-huh. And so I just kind of went and winged it a lot. Um, but then, yeah, I did get into heart and that was my choice. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we obviously had different experiences at heart um, because I am white and perceived as male and you are a black woman. Um, but I do think that there is some really exciting and incredible progress happening at heart. Um, they've just hired Kevin Ramsey as the new director of the theater division, and he is a black man. Um, but can you tell me about your experience as a black woman Um in the heart theater program? Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that we are starting to witness the awakening of a lot of the, these musical theater programs and, um, acting programs. Um, for me, you know, again, so coming into the school and being in a space where I was like one of, I think five black people in the program. And then like, Two, one of two, one of two of my class, and then there was one. There are two Asians and like one, two Latinas. Um, it was, 
an interesting experience because I think that it's so important to especially have representation in the learning space when you're doing that developmental learning and being educated. It's helpful to see people that look like you and it's helpful to for people to be able to talk to your experience. And that was not necessarily there um, at my time at heart. I do know that I I was very shy and I'm a different person now than I was when I, than who I was back then. And I, I do sometimes wonder who, what it would be like if I was going to school now. But you know, that's not how it works. We're, we go through our learning experiences. Um, I would say that for to being in that program definitely catapulted um, my passion and career, basic, basically because I was watching all these people around me like really get into it. I had no idea what Straw Hats was. I didn't know any of that, <laughs> right. all the stuff that people were doing during school and auditioning for all these programs. I didn't realize that was a thing. Like I just, I know that people came in to this school having this thing on their minds knowing that this is what they wanted to do Mm -hmm. and they had done their research and I was just really going with the flow and trying to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) well it's so funny to hear you say that because Anissa I feel the exact same like yeah I I didn't know any I wasn't that you know diehard musical theater person I didn't know anything I didn't know anything yeah exactly so like for those of you who don't know straw hats are um sort of like a unified audition situation where people like come together like all of the summer stocks come together and audition at one time yeah and yeah I mean I I I didn't know that that was a thing that people planned on doing I just had no idea, but I had no idea. Look at us now. We made it to the Broadway. Made it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard you sing. I don't remember did I come see you in a show? Is that what happened? Oh my god, I don't even I don't know. I remember the first time I heard your voice. I was like, "Yo." <laughs> That's crazy. You have a, your voice is so beautiful. Oh my you god. Got a, you got a gift. You're very, very sweet to me. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw a, a, me in a show at Mac Hayden, but we both worked at the Mac Hayden Theater. Yes. Um, yes. Did you, how many shows have you done there? Or like, which was your, your first show there? What, yeah, I did Sister Act there. I did, um, uh, what did I do there? I did so many shows there. I did Hairspray there. I did Saturday Night Fever there. I feel like I did more, but I can't remember right now. So were those all like during your time at heart? No, that was post school. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That was post school. Gotcha. So then how long was there between those shows like working regionally and when you joined the tour of ragtime um good question you know (laughs) i wish i knew what the timeline of my life was that would be helpful um i think it was like i think ragtime was like 2017 um after Ragtime, I started working at the Palace Theater um, in New Hampshire, and that's where yes. I met the music director from from Sisters, who was like, you should be in the show. 
and he basically helped me get the audition. I had auditioned before though, and I didn't get it, but uh, he helped me get the audition, and then I went into working at Sisters, which was a journey. I'll never forget when I went to go audition at Sisters, and I got it. The day I went to go sign up to get my equity card, um, this person who was an usher at the theater stopped me and was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because a lot of people come here to try to make it to the other side of the street, and they never do. <laughs> Oh my god! As in, what? like across the street, as in like Broadway. I know, and I asked, yes, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I'm sure. Also, what? And I remember asking the other girls, "Hey, did this person say this to you?" And they're like, "No, what?" And I just, I was like gaslighting myself as if it. I was like, "Did this happen?" But yeah, I made it. Yeah, weird. Very weird. <laughs> Very weird indeed. But hey, you you did make it because you went on to do Freestyle Love Supreme on Broadway with people like freaking Lin-Manuel Miranda. I was so lucky to get to see you do the show. I was nervous that I would miss you, but um, I got to see you in it. Yeah. And uh, tell me, what was it like to work with such incredible people like Lynn? Yeah, um, it's pretty wild. The whole thing is still pretty surreal that I've run in circles with these people now. Right. Whom I've looked up to. Like I said, In the Heights was kind of um, something that was really inspiring to me because I I didn't realize that we were allowed to do that in theater. And I'm just happy that we've come so far and that it seems that there are things that beyond our imagination that are about to happen in theater, like a improv show being on Broadway. Um, you know, the first of many, I hope. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really incredible. Uh, through in the Heights, after I, I used to go see that show a bunch when I was in high school, I found out about Freestyle Love Supreme. And so I went to go see that show when I was in high school, college. And I remember <laughs> during the pandemic, I was looking through my Tumblr. Because what else would I, I was going to be doing? <laughs> As you do. I was looking through my Tumblr and I saw this post that said, just saw Freestyle Love Supreme for the second time. I would absolutely love to be a part of something like this because it's everything I've ever wanted to do in one thing. Mm. And so I just followed them and and saw the show when I could. Um, And then in 2019, I I unfortunately missed the Ars Nova run that they had. And so I went to a class. I saw that they were were doing a class. And... um, I decided to go do that. I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't expecting anything, but through that experience, um, I met the beatboxer of the show and he uh, asked me to come do a performance with them one day. Um, Wow. And I had to like move mountains because I was doing sisters at the time and they didn't have coverage. Another story for another time, but it was a really messed up situation. But I knew that I had to go do the freestyle of Supreme thing. Like I, I just knew. And so I went and did that. And then not too long after that, when I was working at North Shore, I was asked to come audition for the Broadway run. And honestly, I was prepared to be a standby. I was hired as a standby. I was ready to be in the wings and just soak in the experience, maybe go on like once or twice. But they put me on the first preview, the second preview, the third preview, and I just was constantly (laughs) going on. Yes, they Um, did. But it was really cool. I mean, it continues to be the blessing that, you know, never stops. I just came back from 
from uh, San Francisco and Utah and Orlando. We did that in one week because um, we do a lot wow. of corporate uh, gigs, which is awesome because it pays the bills when I'm waiting for stuff to happen. Yes. Um, and Lynn was there because he was speaking as well. He was hired separately, but it was just great to, you know, catch up with him. And, and uh, yeah, I, I'm... I'm surrounded by some really cool people and I'm very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So tell me a little bit about the difference between performing in a book musical versus performing an improvised show every single night. I mean, you, you studied like freestyle rap with the freestyle of Supreme team before the show. Yeah. So I was in the program, the Freestyle of Supreme Academy, which is now re- renamed as Freestyle Plus. Um, uh, yeah, I was in the program, but I was I didn't ever think anything of it. Like I wasn't going there to be a part of it. I just was going there because it was everything I wanted to do in one thing. And I just believed that I don't know. I just was excited. It was just fun to me. And it was more about just getting out of your head and being in the moment. And that's exactly what it's like doing the show. It's it's really just about being present. And it, that's my favorite thing, you know, as a person that struggles with like anxiety and and sometimes like overthinking and some mental stuff to be able to go into a show where, you know, you're doing a show that you like a Chicago like you or you know like a hairspray or something yeah you leave everything at the door you know you go on the stage with a clean slate right but as you know when you're doing a show over and over and over again you have those days where you're singing your song and you're as you're singing a heart-wrenching song you're thinking about whether or not you lock the door (laughs) (laughs) and that sucks like I hate when that happens to me but I'll just Mm -hmm. be like be present please be present can you like you have to be focusing here your mind is wondering as you're talking right you can't do that in a freestyle show because you have to be paying attention you have to be listening with your open eyes and your open ears so that's my favorite part about doing the show it's like no matter what i have going on if i'm having a bad day if i'm like dealing with something when i get on that stage i have to be present and i have to be in the moment and so it's also just a great tool and a reminder for like life when I feel my my mind fleeting and going away it's like look at the things around you focus like grab the the things that you can touch focus on on listening to people opening your ears mm-hmm. listen to listen not don't listen to speak take in what people are saying so it's really just it's it's taught me a lot of life lessons and also it's just made me us um you know more confident in my art and more confident in who I am. You know, we, we're constantly auditioning for these things and, you know, sometimes self-worth comes into play and you start to think you're not good enough. You start to have all the self-doubt and stuff and being in that show to be hired as myself and just really being the embodiment of I am enough, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just been a really great lesson and, and a blessing that keeps on giving. Wow, that's fantastic. And I, I really think that what you do is so incredible. I I love improv, but seeing you do what you do with, you know, making rhymes on the spot like that is just so um, specific and, and incredible. Did you always have that skill of, of like, 
making the rhyme happen at the last possible moment? Or um, was that something that you really honed in your time with Freestyle Love Supreme? I mean, it's so niche and yeah specific. No, it's always been something I used to play around with. Um, I, growing up, I was, you know, borderline mute. Like, I did not speak um, a lot in social situations. I had really crippling social oh anxiety. Oh, my God, really shy. Um, yeah, like, growing up, I was hiding behind my mother. And then, like, even the first theater program I was in, I was so quiet and my the artistic director of that program makes fun of me now because I like I hung out with her a few months ago and she's like, look at you, you're talking like we had to pry <laughs> your mouth open to get you to sing. We were we gave up hope. We didn't think we could we would be able to work with you. And then you had this voice that just came out. Wow. Um. So yeah, I mean, I started freestyling. Back when I was younger, I got to say high school is when I started being like, oh, this is fun. I kind of, you know, I grew up listening to hip hop, obviously. And then seeing people like Wayne Brady and like the Mm -hmm. Lonely Island, like that kind of stupid stuff. I was like, oh, this is fun. (laughs) Like it's comedic. And then I just started freestyling as a joke. But I started calling myself Young Niece um, in high school. And I... Remember, there's this rapper named Young B that used to be like, it's Young B on the mic, so I was about to get crazy. So I switched it to Young Niece, and I used to make my friends in the cafeteria, like, bang (laughs) on the tables. And then I would just rap along to that. (laughs) And then, like, went to choir, and I started rapping there. And my friends used to call me Young Niece. And it's so funny, like, my choir friends came to see the show, and they were like, Young Niece made it to Broadway. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. Yes! Yeah, it's just... (laughs) something that's fun i just used it as a party trick i never took it seriously i still don't take it seriously but i get paid to not take it seriously and which is fun (laughs) period (laughs) well i i have to say anisa i mean seeing you do the show it was one of the most like riveting like urgent theatrical experiences i've ever had because you're just you're so on edge you know you're so on your toes um like as an audience member watching um, the people create in real time, it's thrilling. But then, you know, obviously to, to know you and get to see you do it. I mean, Anissa, you, (laughs) you were unbelievable in this show. And so the fact that it's even like different every night is just kind of insane, but thank you. The show won a special, Tony Award in 2020. Yeah, because they're like, where do we categorize this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, but I mean, it's because of like the innovation of this piece of theater. It's just, it's so crazy. But what is it like to, to be part of this legacy with some of like the most incredible? Um, It's cool. People? And you know, I was one of the first women to join, you know, mm-hmm. me and some other ladies. It used to be a boys club. And it's just, it's, it's dope to be a part of it. And it's dope to watch the guys be like, oh yeah, that's why we need women in here. Um, like my audition was so, my audition story is pretty crazy. But when I finally got to the room, it was Tommy Kale, Patrick Vassell, Christopher Jackson, and James Monroe Iglehart. And it's not like a regular audition, you know. They had microphones, and we were just standing there, and we just started 
you started ciphering and it was just real fun wow and i remember jackson and eichelhart were like they totally broke the broke character of what they're supposed to be doing and they were like yo tommy why are we let's we don't have to do these auditions like she's in the group right <laughs> oh. and i was like whoa <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but yeah they're like we found her what are we doing and i was the first person to go in because i had to get back to boston um but yeah, it's just been really cool to be a part of it, and I and I, to continuously watch it grow. It's still growing as I as I'm in it, and like I've been in those power positions where now we're doing a show, and like people turn to me to be like, "What? All right, what's next? Like, what do we do next?" Or like, yeah, you know, um, when they had auditions for Broadway, Tommy turned to me and my friend Kayla, and he was like, "Hey, we have to talk about the auditions." And we were like, okay, we're just going to go grab lunch. He's like, no, we have to talk about the auditions. <laughs> oh, like you want you want us to sit and talk about what we just saw. Oh, I'm invited. Yeah. We were like, whoa, okay. But you know, it is a different show because it's collaborative and also you're making it up on the spot and it's really about the vibe too. It's about how you're vibing with these people and you have to be able to trust these people and rely yeah. on these people in order to make the show happen. So the same way that the audience is looking at us like, they have that empathy where they want us to do well. It's the same thing that happens on stage, and we need to be able to rely and root for the people and pick up, drop. If someone drops the ball, you have to be there to pick it up and make it work. Totally. So, speaking of dropping the ball, have there ever been shows or, or like specific performances where you're like, oh, fuck, I, <laughs> I fucked it up majorly? Oh, we could curse on here? I've been holding back. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I oh my god, I should have told yeah. you. No, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Hell yeah, you can. You know, every time <laughs> every time we do like freestyle um, performances, depend, like for corporate things or workshops or whatever, I'm the one that always has to ask, what's the rating? Like, please make sure you ask the people the rating. Because if I can go crazy, I'm going to go crazy. And they're all, I'm the one that they look at. It's like me, but mostly Lynn. He curses the most, like... You don't have to do that much. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but have there been performances? Wait, what was where, the question again? Just a performance where you're like, oh, fuck, I, I majorly dropped the ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have shows like that um, all the time. And uh, you kind of just have to start to learn how to, it's another life lesson. Once it happens, let it go. Um, and because at the end of the day, every time we have a show like that, there are people at the stage door being like, wow, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Really? I don't know about that. You should have been here last night, but that's true to them. (laughs) And you have to respect that and honor that and know that for someone, it was one of the best shows they've ever seen, even though it could have been better. It's hard when you start to do it consistently. It's one show after another because you're going to start comparing it, you know? And so I think, again, another lesson is just to be in the moment, take it for what it is and let it go. And that's what happens when we do a show. It's gone. You do one and you let it go. And so that's just what I've, I've tried to learn. And also take into life because there's a lot of things I need to let go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you mentioned that like mentality of, yeah, of, you know, I, I could have done it better or I've, I've done it better before too bad you weren't here because I I'm rereading, um, Harvey Firestein's autobiography and, um, it's called, Mm -hmm. I was better last night. And I think Mm. it's just such an actor's perspective of like what we do. 
Yeah. It's like it's auditioning like too. Feeling. Yeah, no, for real. It's it's hard and it's like auditioning too is very is something that I don't necessarily love doing. Um uh, as time has gone on, it's, I mean, I, I think I'm better now because we don't have to do it as much in person. <laughs> um, but also I don't like doing self tapes either, but mm-hmm. it's just that idea of once you do it, you just have to let it go. You can't just dwell on it because when you're dwelling on something, what good does that do? Totally. As, as someone who dwells on things all the time. <laughs> I mean, same. I'm a crazy Virgo who <laughs> dwells on things, but tell me about, what was it like to first interact with Lin-Manuel Miranda? Has he, like, given you any sort of, like, little nuggets of wisdom throughout <laughs> working with him? Or, I mean, um, I've talked to multiple people, and he, as far as I can I, tell, he is a wackadoo. He is a wackadoo. He's such a wackadoo in the best way. I remember the first time he came to the theater. Uh, that was my first night performing with him. A lot of times when anyone of that I had looked up to in the group had come to perform. My first time performing with them was the night, the day I met them. Oh my um, God. So, yeah. So he came and I was just like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I really look up to this person. Yes. I was like, I'm not going to come up. I'm not going to bother him. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let it happen naturally. And I just like went to the corner of the room, like, you know, and he came up, he was like, hey, what's up? Like, I've heard so much about you. Like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to play. I, I, I've heard you're so great. He's like, I was like, he's like, I'm fucking terrified. And I went, whoa, whoa, wait, what? You're terrified? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I, my body, every single time I put myself in this position is like, what are you doing? It never gets old. It's not like any other show where I know the lines. I have to physically prepare to just jump into the deep end. And my body goes through it. And he's like before the show I like go shit like every single time <laughs> but it's true before the show it's like him and Ukarsh and whoever else would like run to the bathroom to, to be the last person to <laughs> but all in all the lesson from him or the, the gems from him have been um, yeah this is terrifying if it's terrifying for him I can do it you know like it really equals it equals the playing field. It levels the playing field. I'm sure. Everything is, um, everyone is just on the same level. Um, yeah, because we're all being vulnerable. Totally. And that's so special. Um, so you have gotten to work with Lynn, not just on Freestyle Love Supreme, but you also had a very um, special part in Tick, Tick, Boom, the movie that Lynn so beautifully directed. Tell me about what that was like. Tick, tick, boom was awesome. I mean, it happened in the midst of the pandemic, so it was a little weird um, filming my first movie in those um, conditions. Um, We were in a mandatory quarantine, so we would go work, and then you'd go back to your hotel room and stay there. and so it was weird, but it was awesome. It was really cool getting to work with all the, those people. And it was a really great learning experience. And it was just fun. There was a lot of joy. I mean, you, that's the thing about Lynn is he's he's a very joyful person. And he, he makes sure to surround himself with like-minded people. So the mm-hmm. vibes were immaculate. Everyone was kind and happy to be there. 
and he really is a testament to to be be aware of who you surround yourself with because it matters you know yeah um and he, he hires his friends so <laughs> that's fun too yeah so is like, he just like know, anisa I've, I've worked on him come and be in my movie here's how that happened actually uh my friend kayla best friend uh beatboxer and freestyle supreme with me we shared a dressing room which was a party room it was really difficult as a person who needs like to sit in silence before the show starts, everybody uh-huh. would be in that room. James Monroe, Iglehart before every show, inside that room. When Lynn was there, inside that room. Like people were trying to come party with us because we're vibes, obviously. I understand. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Kayla Kayla was we were doing the, sh- the show with Lynn that night and Kayla had just like went downstairs and was talking to him and she came back in the room and she was like, Yo, I was just talking to Lynn about this movie he's directing soon. That's really cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, what? what is it? He's, she was like, tick, tick, boom. And I was like, oh, yeah. I remember hearing he was doing that. And my door was open. And I only uh, knew, like, one or two songs from Tick, Tick. Mm-hmm. So I started to sing, uh, crap, Action Speak Louder Than Words. Yes. And I just was singing it. I wasn't. I just was singing it. I wasn't even trying to like do anything because it came into my mind. And Lynn goes, niece, you want to audition for my show? You got to go through Telsey first. And I was like, oh. <laughs> wow. And like two weeks later, two weeks later, I got an email being like, congratulations. You're in Tick, Tick, Boom. Wow. And all because you were singing in the dressing room. Actions speak louder than words. <laughs> Period. No, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. So then what was it like to be on set with so many like film and TV people? I mean, this was your first endeavor in in the world of film. I mean, it's wild to I've never worked on a movie before. It's wild to to be a part of something and then to watch it come together. And I got to say, Lynn directed the shit out of that movie because yes, he did. I never would have imagined it being that, you know, it was very good. I, I really enjoyed it. It was amazing. It and really did the fact that you got to be part of it is amazing. Like, I'm so thankful. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's not the only like TV slash film spot that you have had. You got to do a very special rap battle segment for Sesame Street. Can you tell me about that? It's rigged, though, because why would why would Anthony win that? He, the sun won the battle. <laughs> Let's be honest. You heard my bars. Correct. You you were spitting bars. For for the audience who does not know, it was a sun versus rain cloud. Nimbo Stratus. Nimbo Stratus. It was a duet. Yeah, but if you go look at Anthony Ramos's, if you go look at Ramos's um Instagram comments on that video, I won. <laughs> And that's all I needed. Period. You won the rap battle. But so having done a rap battle, I must ask, are you inclined to work on your own rap career? Are you going to do your own rap music? (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. Honestly, I need to start working on my own music. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while. The reason why I did that Sesame Street thing was because of Bill Sherman, who is a um, 
one of our our the original freestyle members. He's a key play, keys player, formerly saxophone. They used to have a sax on stage. They stopped. That was chaotic. But they, um, <laughs> Bill is a very multifaceted, um, amazing musician and producer and works. He's like the music supervisor for Anne Juliet right now. And he stumbled Fierce. his way into music director for Sesame Street. And I just was like, Bill, come on. Like, let me, I honestly just wanted to come see it. It was before the pandemic. I was like, I want to come see, I'll take, I want, show me how to get to Sesame Street. And during the pandemic, he was like, <laughs> yes. hey, I want to do this thing. And I was like, yeah. Um, we actually had a meeting the other day where he's like, let's work on some music. And he sent me a music, like some music. He sent me that weeks ago, and I have not. I should probably reach out. If you're watching this, Bill, I'm sorry. I just get in my head when it comes to creating music. Like, I don't know. But I have all these people around me, and they're like, bro, you make up music on stage. Like, it's the same thing. Just do it. Literally. I put too much pressure on myself. I just want to have fun. I don't I don't know what exactly I want to do. I just want to have fun, and I want it to be good. But that's my problem. It's like, if it's not good, then it's going to make me mad. So I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if there's going to be rap involved. I've had situations because of freestyle where I guess people saw a show where I was mostly rapping. People will be like, do you sing? And I'm like, actually, that's yeah, that's how I started. Um, (laughs) Rap is still not something I take seriously. I wouldn't consider myself like the best rapper. I just I am able to take words and I, I know how to make it happen on a beat. So it's not. But you are, that's the craziest thing. You are young niece. So I'm ready for for the renaissance of young niece. Getting too old to be young niece anymore. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe like some, some, a bit of rap in it. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Anissa, this has been so (laughs) much fun. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you. Can you tell um, the listeners where they can find you on socials? Absolutely. You can find me at Anissa Folds, and that's it. A-N-E-E-S-A Folds. <laughs> and that's it. F-O-L-D-S on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you you do things. That's where I'll be. Love it. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here. This has been an absolute delight, and you are just such a treat. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jake. You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod and follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. You can also shoot me emails at ohmypodyouguys at gmail.com. Also, if you loved Anissa's interview and want to hear an exclusive extended version, you can listen to it only on broadwayworld.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.